mindful recitation of Lalita Sastranama improves your concentration, memory, and a lot of other good things. And what is mindful recitation? How do you recite a hymn, a stotra, a sahasranama mindfully? <clears throat> if you don't do it mindfully, don't bother doing it. First of all, remember that much. If you can't do it mindfully, don't bother with all this. Watch TV, watch a movie, sleep, do something better with the life. Either you've got to have that devotion, then mindfulness will come about on its own. Or you've got to train your mind to be mindful. How do you do that? So one way is I start chanting, for example, I might go Om Shri Mata Shri Maharaj Shri Mat Singhasana Shri Jidadani Kundi Samuta Devkari Samuta Daddhbhanu Sarsara Ajitur Bhavar Samuta Raksur Pasha Dekrod Karan Kushujwala and so on. I might not be mindful while I'm chanting this. I might be thinking of my work, my home, my family, my finances and uh, all the other things I don't want to be thinking when I'm praying. At that time, it's better to slow down, stop pause and just completely stop and then doesn't matter how long it takes you even if you can do the full sasanama don't feel bad it's no sin <laughs> <laughs> whatever you can do it mindfully so i might just close my eyes or meditate and i might say om shri mata shri maharaji shri mat singhasaneshwari chidagni kunda sambhuta devakarya samuddhata so on and so forth. I might even go slower. Om Shri Mata Shri Maharagi Shri Mat Singhasaneshwari Chidagani kunda sambhuta, deva karyal samuddhata, udhyat banu sahasarabha, chatur bahur samanvita, raga sarupa pashadhya, krodhakara kushojwala. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is first of all, know the meaning. If you can know, if you know the meaning, you can concentrate much better. And understand the meaning, reflect on the meaning of every single name, and then you pray. And then you recall. So visualize, you know, even in music, if you can't breathe, you are playing too fast. You may play very fast if you're very if you're an expert, but still you will be able to breathe. Right? So if I can breathe while I'm chanting Sasranama, if that means I'm not at ease. I'm not grounded, I'm not feeling the energy. So I have to let the energy flow. I have to feel the energy. And there is no rush because it's not like you'll get mother will say, Oh, you chanted a sasanama, my son. Here you go. <laughs> Here's the number of tomorrow's lotto. That's not gonna happen, right? So you may only chant the first ten names, but do it mindfully. Because that's what matters, quality. Now you go to somebody's home, let's say, and they prepare 15 different things for you to eat. None of them taste good. 
and you say, well, I didn't quite enjoy, let's say you're very frank with them, you give them the honest <laughs> opinion. I didn't quite enjoy because there was just too much of spice in that, lack of salt in the other, uncooked or half-cooked or not well-cooked and stuff. So it's not that you will be happy because they offered you 15 things. You'll appreciate their effort, but you'll say, yeah, I didn't enjoy. I might stop at McDonald's and eat something. <laughs> On the other hand, you go to somebody's place, they've only done one thing, one just pasta. You eat and you savor it. You say, wow, this is awesomely done. What would you find more fulfilling? So same goes for praying. Same goes for chanting. You have to make it fulfilling for you. If it's fulfilling for you, it's also fulfilling for the universe. If it's not fulfilling for you, if you get restless or you feel you know, agitated or all those things in your chanting, then you are only sending out more restless signals into the universe. And then it's a problem. So that's what mindful recitation is, that you, you chant with full awareness. And stop when, you're aware, when you lose your awareness, when the sharpness decreases. When you find yourself thinking about something else and not praying, stop. At that moment. And say to yourself, or ask yourself, what am I doing right now? Or if you feel not so happy, you say, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> and then your mind will say, I am chanting right now. Oh, am I? Your mind will instantly come back to the present moment. And it's the greatest practice of mindfulness, asking this question, what am I doing right now? And I'm eating right now. I'm trying to sleep right now. I'm reading a book right now. I'm giving a discourse right now. I'm hearing a discourse right now. I'm sitting right now. I'm watching TV right now. I'm writing an email right now. So when you ask yourself, what am I doing right now? Your mind will answer that question. Question and remind you that this is the present moment. That what you ought to be doing, what you're supposed to be doing in that present moment, that's what mindful recitation is of any stotra, any stuti. Sasranamas are generally, generally, not always, chanted out loud. Because you are eulogizing Bhagwan out of devotion. And you are singing on the top of your voice, hopefully not, but you know, you you are just you can't contain your happiness. You are you're rejoicing, you know. Mantras are always internalized. So when you are chanting Sasranama out of devotion, you will chant out loud. But when you are doing it as a mantra, because it, this is also a mantra, it's called Mala Mantra. Any mantra that has more than 15 words, not letters, words, it becomes a Mala Mantra. Some texts say 20 words. <clears throat> and it has a Rishi, a seer. It has a seed, a beej. It has a chant, a certain meter. It has a kilak kind of a pin password and it has a devata a deity it has a beginning it has an end so when you're doing it as a mantra then you just sit peacefully and recall you've got to memorize it if you want to recall it correctly so you can't read and read a mantra you know so i might sit here and i might recall you know and there is four types of japa Vachik, 
Upanishu Mansik Ajapa. In Vachik, the first form, the base form, you say out loud. Om Shri Mata Shri Maharagi. In Upanishu, only your lips will move. Which means it won't be audible to the person next to you, but it will be audible to you physically, like verbally. Like that. And the third is Mansik. Mansik is your recalling in your mind. And I can demonstrate that. <laughs> that will be me sitting silent and you won't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, and then you get to the fourth stage. Fourth is Ajapa. Ajapa is when you don't do any chanting, but chanting is happening to you. During the times of my intense practice, uh, I would slip into this state uh, where I would uh, lose my normal consciousness. And sometimes that state could last just a couple of minutes, sometimes 5-10 minutes, sometimes 15-20 minutes. And then when I would come out of that state, and something amazing used to happen by the way, in that stretch of time, I used to hear distant sounds, I used to see distant things, and people talking to me from a distance, uh, live at that time, and I could hear people talking to me, it's like somebody even talking about me. And all that became audible. Whether all that really happened, I don't know. But some of it I verified later on when I descended from the Himalayas. Did you, were you doing such and such thing on such and such date? Because I had no way of verifying, you see, at that time. Whether I was just hearing, you know, rambles or was it actually happening. It was like slipping into a different state of consciousness. But the amount of japa, the chanting I'd done, was so much... That when I would come out of that state, I always found myself chanting that mantra. So that mantra was going on as soon as I come out of that state. And it's like, you know, that fade out effect. Um, that it's the ending and I, those rambles that I was hearing, they, they start to fade out. And there is that small period of extreme silence of the mind. And then I would come out of it and I would find myself then actually chanting my mantra. And like I said, sometimes only two or three minutes would have passed. Sometimes a lot more time would have would have passed. And you when you do mindful when you do it mindfully, you see an educated mind really does not want to hear about God. An educated mind says there is really no God as such. You know, I'm happy with meditation, it helps me stay calm and so on. To such a person, I cannot even express what devotion is like. Such a person, I cannot help that person experience the reality of Pulwan, the reality of Ma, because they do exist. So when you do mindfully with devotion, you will, I promise you, you will smell fragrances you had, you didn't even think you even existed. You would see colors that would make you cry, that would make you laugh. 
you would feel the surge of energy at times. You would feel your body disintegrating and just merging in the universe. All those experiences continue to happen. And if you don't settle for any of those, when you continue to walk the path mindfully, then you continue to progress. <clears throat> and each progress you make, it's like unlocking a new level in your video game. You know, oh, now I have some more powers. <clears throat> Earlier I couldn't do these things, but now I can. You know, now I can lift a card and throw at people, you know. In level one, I couldn't do that. So you discover new things about you because this is a process of self-discovery. And any of this is only possible if, whether you're chanting, or you're reciting, or even you're singing, when you're doing it mindfully. Before you can learn to flow mindfully, you have to learn to be mindful of everything that we do.